Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Wednesday, but we will obviously um, be previewing the entire week slate for what week 12 we are in week 12 already of the NFL season. We've got games on tomorrow for Thanksgiving. Um, Friday, you've got college football games, same, same with Saturday, wrapping up rivalry weekend, probably one of the more exciting weekends in all of college football. And then obviously a full slate of games on Sunday and a Monday night football game. Matt is here with me. Uh, Dennis was not able to make it today, but he sends his best. Matt, how are we doing? Day before Thanksgiving. Excited? I am. You know, it's uh, it's 50 50- seven or so right now although it doesn't feel that warm because it's kind of cloudy but the wind is starting to pick up because a snowstorm's blowing in and tomorrow it's supposed to be 40 mile an hour gusts all day temperatures in the 30s and a light dusting of snow just in time for thanksgiving right yeah it's yeah. not too bad here it's in the uh low 60s about 60 61 we do get like a ton of cold rain like the next i think it's the next couple of days i'm not sure i was trying to it feels like you're always a day behind me so on friday when i'm back in the 50s will probably be your cold rain day <laughs> Yeah, we actually don't get back into the nice weather till Sunday. 65 projected mm-hmm. Sunday. We got 57 and 40 uh, with 83% chance of rain, then like a high of 43 on Friday and Saturday. So it's all right, though. 
I will be doing nothing but sitting inside and watching sports all day. So I'm okay with that. I have to go out uh, to the sister-in-law's tomorrow. So I will have earbuds and phone charger in hand to watch as much World Cup as I can while I'm at the sister-in-law's pretending to enjoy my family time uh, while watching sports and eating as much food as I can possibly eat. I'll have the sweatpants on so, you know, I can expand as much as I want to. No worries. Uh, and I'll be good to go. I'm, I'm excited, man. I really can't wait for uh, four days off, nothing but sports on. I know you. we were just talking before, and you said you're hoping to catch, uh, catch up on a bunch of movies as well. So, yeah, it's, oh, I'm yeah. excited. It's just about voting season for film critic associations, which I'm in a couple of. So I've been getting stuff in the mail. Um, you know, shout out to Netflix. They sent a beautiful box for Pinocchio. It had a pop up, had a thing of hot chocolate. Had my wife's looking at. It, had this like hundred page, nice bound book, and she's like, "I don't care nice. what else you do, you're voting for Pinocchio." <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, hey, great way to sway the voters, right? Yeah, I don't have anything like that going on. I plan on just. Watching football and um, what else is there going? There's something else going on this weekend, but I can't remember. The World but Cup. The well, yeah, yeah. I'll be watching the World Cup. But that's the only bad thing. I, I was sitting here telling you like how much I'm excited to like sleep for the next couple days. The World yeah. Cup starts at four o'clock in the morning, my time. So like I will likely force myself to get out of bed like I typically do. Usually, as you know, because I know you are an early riser as well. Yeah. Up at three o'clock in the morning, so it's been great for me. I just. I'm Turn on YouTube TV on my phone. I'm just watching the game while I'm working from four o'clock in the morning till the game just ended. That's why we started at the time we did the Canada Belgium game. So I'm watching 12 hours almost worth of uh, of soccer. And then I don't know that I want to get up at four o'clock in the morning though the next couple of days. But I will probably force myself to do it. So I think your kids will probably put on the uh, Thanksgiving Day parade and ruin your no 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 no. They know when Dad's home. Dad gets the big TV. I don't care what they do with any of the other TVs off to the side, except for Saturdays. It's actually funny. We're going completely off. I promise we'll get back on to talking football here in a minute. So my setup for Saturdays is I have like a 40-inch TV right over here to my side. Then I got the 75 right here for up at the main game on. And then I have like three or four games up on my laptop. I just sit on my couch, plop down pizzas, all kinds of other bad stuff for you. Sit down, watch TV. My son, when the Spider-Man game came out, we would play it together all the time. He always asked, like, can I play Spider-Man? I'm like, no, no. Saturday's for dad. Like, no, dad gets to watch college football. And then he always wants to play. I'm like, no, you've got a TV over there. Like, get the... I almost cussed again, which I did the other day. I was like, get away from me. Go play your TV. This is dad's day. Let dad have his day. I asked for one day, 24 hours. That's it. But I'm I'm really not that mean to my kids. But yeah, no, I love it. I I have my whole setup. Great part about my wife not being home to like nine o'clock Saturday nights because she works. I get to do whatever I want and I enjoy it. I take advantage of my time. Anyways. We had a Monday night football game, the 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals, and the 49ers come away with the victory. Matt, do you think the 49ers are becoming the team to beat in the NFC? Yeah, it's going to be interesting because right now they'd be no better than the third seed um, because of where the Vikings and the Eagles are. There's quite a bit of ground to bridge. I don't know if they'll catch the Eagles. They potentially could catch the Vikings, depending on whether they pull another uh, disappearing act. Uh, but they're in they're in pretty good shape. They're back up tied with Seattle. It's hard to imagine Seattle holding the West over them. You know, so I think San Francisco ultimately wins that. The real question for them, though, in the seating is 
you know, not being one or two, you can't guarantee playoff games go through you. And they are still a West Coast team. I don't know how great that offense translates in, into Philadelphia in the, you know, in the middle of January. But I guess we'll see. They made the trades. They pushed all their chips in kind of on this year. And it seems to be paying off pretty well for them. Yeah, I wonder how much this may say about possible, you know, job securities for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan that they've gone all in. It, you know, we've seen this kind of happening with the Rams over the past couple seasons. And now we've seen, obviously, with how bad their team has kind of tanked out. Sean McVay might not be back. Les Snead may not be there anymore. So I'd be very curious to see what happens with these two. I actually think they're probably the second best team. I think Minnesota's showing us the kind of concerns we had about them. Like, I think all of us had Minnesota to make the playoffs, but I don't think any of us had them being like a two or three loss team. I want to say I had them almost closer to 500. I think we're kind of seeing that Minnesota, while a good team still has some serious flaws, I do think the 49ers could catch them and, and, and pass Seattle. I think Seattle has played a little bit ahead of their skis as well here. I, I don't think I Seattle think- is quite as good. Seattle probably will end up making the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah, and yeah. They've been, Seattle and the Giants have been um, some of the best stories this year, yeah. teams that have come out and played above themselves. And Seattle's still probably going to get a top five pick. Yeah. Yeah, Seattle is definitely not the uh what two and fourteen, two and fifteen team that I had well, them at. See, we always thought the they were gonna the get season. a top five pick. We just didn't yeah. realize whose pick it was gonna be. Yeah, yeah. I was uh wrong on that. Shout out to Geno Smith, who I think is likely earning himself a starter job as well with the way he's yeah. played this year. But yeah, the, the 49ers are a they they've been a good team. It's just been really the injuries and, and everything that's gone on the past couple of years. I really do think, I mean, again, Jimmy G has taken him, what, to an NFC championship and was one play away from going to a Super Bowl and was one play away from winning a Super Bowl. So it's not like the team has been bad. And that's the thing, too. So they've taken a lot of criticism for mortgaging the farm to move up to take Trey Lance. And obviously we may still not have been a great pick on Trey Lance. But if in that three-year window they make it to a, we know they've already made it to one NFC Championship game. If they even just went back to the NFC Championship game, which is what a lot of people thought they might do, being in the NFC Championship game two years in a row, it would be hard to say that that trade cost them anything. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. On the Cardinals side. <sighs> Are the Cardinals done for 2022? And do you think that Cliff Kingsbury comes back? I think the Cardinals are done. The real question with Kingsbury is he signed that ludicrous extension last year that has not even kicked in yet. So if they released him or fired him, they would owe whatever the balance is of that entire extension. That was a move I know you and I questioned a little bit when it happened. It seems to look worse the further that we go on. The Cardinals as an organization, you know, the hallmarks of Kingsbury had been they'd had really hot starts and they'd sort of faded down the stretch, but they were abysmal to start this season. And they look like they're further unspooling the further we go into the season. We've already seen Kingsbury and Kyler Murray don't seem to be on the same page. There's been a lot of bad energy in that Cardinals organization. I think not only is Kingsbury potentially in trouble, but Steve Kime. I mean, he went ahead and punched a huge extension for Kingsbury on very little evidence. And, you know, I don't want – he's done some okay things. They did make the playoffs last year. But overall, they have not finished very well. And um, 
I, it's a bad sign. They're getting decimated in some of these games. They're not even close. They weren't close Monday night. Yeah. Yeah, I I really don't know what to think. I was trying to pull up. I know he signed a, what was it, a five-year extension. Five yeah. But I don't know exactly if there's any outs or anything like that for the team. That That's kind of... I think you've got to fire him at this point. Like, they're not turning it around. You you can blame it on injury if you want. Obviously, Kyler Murray hasn't played the past couple of games. Maybe they'll they'll turn it into giving Cliff one more year. Say, oh, okay, well, if Kyler's healthy for the whole year, maybe they do play well. But the thing is, like you just mentioned, they've fallen off. You know, the past couple of years, like they were the number one seed in the NFC for the past two seasons before completely falling off, right? And then not even making the playoffs. They made it in last year. Like, I think he's just showing you he's not the guy. And I think the longer you keep him there as the as the head coach, it's just worse for your team. Yeah. Um, and it was a it was a pretty big, yeah, it was five year. I'm trying to look up the money too. It it doesn't it doesn't make sense. And some of these teams are just probably gonna end up eating some pretty bad contracts. Yeah, and that that was the other thing I was trying to look up was does Arizona like is Arizona like the Raiders where they're like cash poor so they can't even afford to fire him at this moment and they have to wait like what was it the Raiders like I don't know if it was true or not I know there were a lot of rumors that they were thinking about already firing McDaniel's but because they're so cash poor like they can't do it for 3 or 4 years like that's what I was trying to figure out are the Cardinals in that same situation? Well, I, that'd be a real question. The Raiders, I think, are partially hurt because of the John Gruden contract because that was a massive contract, and he left. I don't even know if he was in the middle of that one. Um, that left them with some dead money, and then and they also let go of their GM, which left them with some dead money, and then having to go get McDaniel's. I'm sure that does factor in. I mean, I just. If you're Arizona, you put a lot of money into trying to build a contending team, and you've put a lot of money now into Kyler Murray. Before they gave Murray an extension, you could have wondered if if a season like this happened, would they decide that they wanted to make a change of quarterback and see if that did something for Kingsbury. But once you've committed to the player, I think that's usually always a bad sign for the coach. I can't imagine them just running it back. I mean, we've seen dumber things happen, so I guess we can't say it won't happen, but I'm with you. I mean, they it is weird, though, because they did make that. It, it just feels like they're so tied together. I mean, we know that they brought Kingsbury in, and then he wanted Kyler Murray. They gave up on their first-round pick in Josh Rosen to go get Kyler Murray at 1-1. Where they, you know, I, I don't know that Josh Rosen is as bad as he's been made out to be. He's never really been given a chance. We don't know that he might have been a decent quarterback. They could have taken somebody else at 1-0-1 overall and improved their team. Instead, they go the Kyler Murray route. It's just been it, there's a lot of bad vibes. It just doesn't look good. I mean, we've never even seen this whole like Kyler Murray yet, and he wasn't just yelling at we haven't seen him just yelling at Cliff Kingsbury. It's been DeAndre Hopkins, everybody. I mean, he's yelling at his coach to shut the f up. Like it's just not. It's not a good sign. I think you've got at this point you have to step in and do something, or it's just going to completely go off the rails. 
All right, let's preview the entire Week 12 slate. Now, we're going to start with the Thanksgiving Thanksgiving Day games. The 7-3 Buffalo Bills at the 4-6 Detroit Lions. We know the Lions and the Cowboys always play on Thanksgiving. Interesting night game. Uh, We'll get to those here in a minute. Wheels up for the Bills passing game against the Lions? Yeah, they've... Taking it a little easy, I think, with Josh Allen a couple weeks since he got the elbow injury. But the Lions have had one of the worst defenses, if not the worst defense in football most of the season. And a lot of that's come down to the secondary. Jeff Okuda is doubtful with the potential of concussion that doesn't help anything. Um, so I think it's – I still think Stefan Diggs is a top five option. Allen's top five option. Um, and then – you know, Gabe Davis, this would be the the quintessential Gabe Davis, two catches for 98 yards Please. and two touchdowns. Please. Um, you know, I, I think they will throw to get ahead. I think they may want to build up some kind of a lead and then grind the clock a little bit. That's the only concern I would have, but I, I would away Drew. The Bills need to win. They want to win. They probably want to win and get, get on to enjoying a mini buy. Yeah, I I hope I think he will have a big day, and even if it's not through the pass through passing, we saw what Justin Fields was able to do against him on the ground. Josh Allen can do that same thing. Regardless, I think Allen's in for a big day. But I, from your lips to God's ears on Gabe Davis, like please, I need you. I, I need him in a couple big spots right now. He has kind of come up small, and it's insane because he's still getting the targets, and he's just dropping like passes, and it's driving me absolutely insane. On the Detroit Lions side here, what do we feel about Goff going up in this passing attack, going up against the – I was going to say the Lions defense. against the Bills. If he was going against the Lions, Lions defense, I'd like, him a, him up. I'd like him a little better. He doesn't have a plethora of weapons. Jamison Williams is not going to be back for tomorrow, and obviously they traded Hawkinson. He's still got Amon Ross, St. Brown, Josh Reynolds hanging around. At the beginning of the season, the Lions weren't winning games, but they had the number one defense and the number one offense, and Goff was really lighting it up. As they've played better as a team, they've had much more balance, and Goff has been good for NFL standpoint. I've been on the record as saying if Detroit has a high pick, I wouldn't take a quarterback with all the kind of things they have going on. I think they could roll with Jared Goff and win, and we've seen that. But for fantasy, he's a low-end QB2. Since week seven, he's QB25. He's not putting up gaudy numbers. He's averaged just a shade under 11 points per contest. 32 teams are playing. I know there are like five teams that have pulled the nuclear option at quarterback and you're not considering it, but you probably still have some better options than Goff. He's a low-end super flex consideration, but I'm staying away in the one QB. Yeah, I think I'm staying away from most of Detroit's offense outside of probably yeah. Jamal Williams with, with him. And Williams it. scares me a little bit, too, because Buffalo is really tough against the run, but Williams has the best chance of touchdowns. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Probably You're probably still starting him on Rod, though, right? We're, we're good there. Oh, well, yeah. The rumors I, that DJ Chark I, will be back this week, so. That does not move the needle for me. No, um, yeah, not on a Amon Ross, you know, Ra- St. Brown, and Jamal Williams are the two I feel best about. I don't – Dennis and I touched on it Monday. I don't know what the hell the plan is with DeAndre Swift. The guy has some game-breaking talent, but he's not getting consistent touches, so he's kind of dropped into boomer bus flex range. Yeah, it's it's – I just keep going back to it's been a very weird fantasy season. Yeah. I'm taking the Bills to win this game, as is Dennis. 
I'm also taking the Bills. The seven and three New York Giants at the seven and three Dallas Cowboys. Are there any Giants pass catchers you want in this game? Want is a strong word, um, especially with all 32 teams out there playing. If you're in desperation territory, Darius Slayton is the only one I feel comfortable dropping into a flex spot. And flex is about the best you can get. You can't talk me into Richie James right now. Kenny Galladay would be a YOLO pick. And that's really all I got. Yeah, I spent a little bit of time talking with Dennis last week uh, about my guy, Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, drafted by the Buffalo Bills. I loved him coming out of Oregon State. They called him up from, uh, I think, their practice squad or whatever last week because of all the injuries. And I was hoping that, you know, going up against the Lions, it's going to have a game, maybe a little breakout. I actually think I still have him stashed on a couple rosters. I don't even think he did anything. I was trying to pull up. Well, and this week they pulled up uh, Hard Knock star Khalil Pimpleton. So, I mean, they just don't have – yeah, that's the thing. They don't have a lot of options. Bellinger is not um, going to play, still dealing with that orbital injury. Slayton has been the most consistent, but you take that with a grain of salt. So, I mean, look, I will say this. Caught all three of his targets for 29 yards. It's a safe floor. He's going to catch everything thrown to him. He's got great hands, but I don't know that I'm starting any of those guys either, especially. You know, I will say Dennis really touted uh, Darius Slayton last week. He ended up having a decent day. I mean, 86 yards. You could ask for worse from a flex player. So. I was starting to buy into Wandale Robinson, and then he blew his knee yeah, up. Unfortunately. Shortly after the Giants announced they were changing the field. <laughs> Never a good sign. Zeke has traditionally been great on Thanksgiving. He was great last week as he caused me another loss as I was going up against him. Uh, you expect a good day from him tomorrow? Yeah, I'm actually starting both Cowboys running backs. I think Tony Pollard still is the most explosive. He's the higher scoring on the season. But Zeke's been good on, on Thanksgiving Day. I think they'll they'll run um, pretty well, uh, and he will. Well, so I was really hoping he wasn't going to eat last week, and he did. I lost by four. Well, Thank you. He's, he's turned into that, like, you only get 40 yards, but you get two or three touchdowns. Yeah. I am taking the Cowboys to get the win at home. I'm also taking the Cowboys. As is Dennis. I don't really know how to feel about this game, and I kind of wish this was one of the earlier ones so like I could just dive into the World Cup and not have to watch this game. But Yeah, I'd rather see Buffalo-Detroit at night than... Exactly, yes, 100% with you there. The six and four New England Patriots are at the eight and two Minnesota Vikings. Do we try? I mean, it's Ramondre, right? He's the only player we trust for the Patriots. Yeah, Ramondre I still like as a as an RB two. Damian Harris got more run last week, so he's a potential flex. Jacoby Myers for me kind of falls into that Darius Slayton range. You should have better options, but if the apocalypse has occurred, yellow. Yeah, I, um, you know, shout out to, I don't give him many shout outs on here. Shout out to Felix, who who did once say before he was ever even in the NFL that Ramondre Stevenson was going to be a running back one at some point. He might actually finish up there. He's having a very good season. I am glad, as you mentioned, we, we saw Damian Harris come back uh, and he actually ran good. I saw a little bit of that game last week. I really hope he continues that because I think he's going to be on another team next year. And I still think he's a really good player. I, I just think this is Stevenson's team at this point with how well he's played on the Vikings side. 
what do we expect from primetime Kirk Cousins? Because he he, he kind of shit the bed in non-primetime last oh, week. You don't got to tell me. That negative five points I took yeah. in uh, one of my Superflex teams still stings a little bit. Yeah. I've had defenses that scored better than that. Um, you know, you would think after 40-3 to three waxing that a team would be ready to come back and pounce hard. But that really butts up against the fact that Kirk Cousins is one of the most anemic primetime game players we've ever had. And this is not me taking a shot at Kirk Cousins. It's just for whatever reason, you know, guys don't do well at things. He's always struggled on Monday Night Football, but it's really all kind of primetime games that are a struggle. This, to me, feels like the quintessential Thursday night 10-3 to game. I am picking the Vikings, but I do not feel great about it yeah i'm with you on that i I don't know that he has the negative five game like he he had last week please no but i i would not be surprised if he only has like a 10 to 15 point game because this new england defense has still been very good i think bill is going to want to run the ball with Ramondre if harris is back fully healthy they're going to continue to rely on him as well and I don't know that Justin Jefferson is going to get off the ground. I'm also possibly trying to speak that into existence because I'm going up against Justin Jefferson in a massive matchup. So, JJ, if you want to take a week off and save yourself for later in the season, I'm cool with that. So I, I do think that – I don't think he'll be horrible. He'll not get you negative five, but I do think Cousins and the Vikings offense struggle a little bit in this game. I'm actually going to take the Patriots, as is Dennis. I know. I don't, I don't feel great about it, but it just feels like if – the Vikings will be on full-blown fraud alert if they blow yep. this game. All right, moving on to the Sunday games. We got the 5-5 five and five Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against your 3-7 and seven Cleveland Browns. Is Tampa Bay <laughs> back on track? And is it Rashad White or Leonard Fournette? You know, I do love Amari Cooper, so I guess I'll take that. Um, you know, he's been amazing. I, I yeah, I know. Wide receiver 10, honestly. Yeah. And for a fifth-round draft pick, let's talk about Dallas. Dallas Copy. made a colossal mistake there because now they do anything to get a receiver because Gallup's not it. So um, I actually kind of like White this week. I thought he looked really good uh, last week. We know Cleveland throughout the season has been a little iffy at times against the run. Fournette said he's still got some hip issues. I kind of like what they're getting in white. I, I, I'm i taking a shot at him in the league, on him in the league, not at yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, so am I. I think that he could be good. We'll see what happens with Leonard Fournette. Um, I don't think he's been ruled out, but he is listed as questionable last I saw, correct, with, with, with him. So, yeah. We'll see. I'm, I'm with you. I'd be willing to take a shot on Rashad White having a good game against the Browns defense that has really underperformed this year, not just against the pass, but against the run as well, especially also, in this back half of the season. Tommy football, if you even want us to entertain the possibility you're going to play another year, can you actually start throwing like your professional quarterback? Chris Godwin says hello. And Godwin hasn't been horrible. He's been okay. I know, but come on. You have Godman and Mike Evans, and it's like, well, oh, am I going to get even one wide receiver two performance this week? I've been crapping on Amari Cooper and Mike Evans for the past three years. Mike Evans is making me look right. Amari Cooper is making me look very, very wrong. Amari Cooper has been amazing. Speaking of Amari Cooper, aside from him and Nick Chubb, do you trust anybody else in this offense? No, it's hard 
to gauge the volume uh, for Hunt. Um, you know, there's some talent there, and for a while it seemed like they were trying to showcase him. Uh, it's the same with with Njoku and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Sometimes they have big games, but it's hard to trust the volume. Even Chubb the last couple of weeks I've been a little bit concerned about um, – you know, hopefully he can get back on track. We've seen Tampa Bay's defense hasn't been as great against the run as they have in years past, but Cooper has been an incredible bet. Even though I'm not super high on what Jacoby Brissett's done, Amari Cooper is just making it work. Yeah, Cooper has been phenomenal. He's had like two bad games, and that's it. Like he's been really good. I'll, I'll be very intrigued to see what the Browns do with him moving forward. Uh, he's, I believe, technically a free agent next year, so they'll have to pay him to bring him back. I don't see why they wouldn't at this point with how productive he's been pairing him with Deshaun Watson. But uh, I've got to give him props. I, I called him Amari Brickhands for a long time. He has by far, outside of Nick Chubb, I think been the best player the Browns have had this year. I don't know what to do with this game. I'm not starting anybody else outside of me either. And Joku, I think, is at that part where I like I need to see him do it again before I trust putting him back in my lives. He was really good before the injury. But it's kind of what Ninja, that's kind of what David Njoku's been his entire career. Like he's really good, gets injured, then comes back and is, is just not good. I want to see how he looks coming back off that injury. I'm just I'm gonna take the Browns because I think Tampa Bay is bad. And I think Cleveland will find a way to get it done. And then they'll extend Kevin Stefanski and Joe Woods and just put Cleveland back in a pit of despair for another decade. But I I don't feel great about it. Dennis taking the Buccaneers. I'm also going to take the Buccaneers, but I don't feel great about it. This feels like one of those kind of pick them games. The six and four Cincinnati Bengals at the seven and three Tennessee Titans. How do you feel about Tyler Board? Tyler Board, my God, Tyler, you're not boring. I've been bored watching him, so. Tyler Boyd, and do you think we will see Jamar Chase this weekend? Yeah, so the one of the tweets I remember from when the Chase injury was announced was Tyler Boyd about to win people a lot of leagues. And I, too, thought he was going to take a big step up. We've seen Higgins um, rolling hard, but it it has not been – Tyler Boyd in the time that Chase has been out. And I don't know what to make of it. He was doing much better, um, you know, when Chase and Higgins were both there. Uh, so I've really lowered my expectations on him. Even And it's they, they've continued to be a robust passing offense. Joe Burrow was QB1 in, in week 11. He threw four touchdowns. Now, none of them went to a fantasy-relevant player unless you YOLO'd Samaj P. Ryan into a lineup where you were trying to tank. Uh, but you know, it's been fascinating to watch Boyd. It was interesting that Chase is back um, practicing. I did not expect that he would be back so soon. I still think it's probably one more week before we see him. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly and as an added bonus for week one everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion it's simple bet on an nfl team to win if your team leads by 10 at any point during the game you get paid instantly even if the team ends up losing download the DraftKings sportsbook app now use the promo code tppn that is tppn and get 200 dollars in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TP. 
ESPN, only at DraftBooks Sportsbook, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. Yeah, I, I would expect him to be one more week as well. Though I wouldn't mind him playing this week if he's healthy. We don't want to rush him out there. Cincinnati's still firmly in the playoff hunt. There's no real reason to rush him back out there. My fantasy teams would love to see him back out there, but obviously we'd like to see him be Not healthy. Not if he's a decoy. Yeah, yeah, be healthy more than anything else. And I do think Tyler Boyd has a good day um, against this Tennessee secondary. How do you feel about Austin Hooper, who's kind of had a resurgence of late here with the Titans? Yeah, the one tight end I had in Scott Fishbowl, I didn't elect to play last week, and naturally he went for a couple of touchdowns. It's really hard to read this Tennessee passing game. It's um, it's completely wide open. You'll have a minute where you think, hey, maybe Robert Woods is starting to get some targets. Nope. Oh, maybe Traylon Burks. No, he just went on IR. Maybe it's Brian Westbrook-Akini. No, he may not even still be on the team. I don't know. Um, so Hooper's a tight end, too, with some boom potential. Yeah, I agree with you there. I feel like there's probably other tight ends you can find and play that are at least a little bit more trustworthy. But if you're in a situation where you, it's just a shot in the dark and you're hoping for a lot of boom, and if he busts, you're just like, whatever, Hooper's your guy at this point. Um, ever since he left Atlanta, he's kind of been your guy on that fact. Uh, I'm taking Cincinnati. I think that they're able to go in and beat Tennessee on the road. Yep, Dennis and I are taking the Bengals as well. The one eight and one Houston Texans at the seven and three Miami Dolphins. The Texans announced earlier today that Davis Mills is being pinched for Kyle Allen. With that being said, do you believe in Kyle Allen and does that make you trust anybody on the Texans offense? No, and no. And sadly, that even, uh, you know, you're probably playing him because you need him, but Damian Pierce has really been held in check the last few weeks, too. That offense has been abysmal, and the Dolphins have a pretty decent defense. Yep. I actually, funny enough, I feel like we've talked about Damian Pierce a lot on this show because we had a full on should I sit or should I start Damian Pierce discussion with you. I actually sat him. This week for, although I might change this, Isaiah Pacheco, because apparently Ronald Jones is now getting rumors that he's going to be the starter with the Chiefs. But I I know, I, it's ridiculous. Find someone that hates your fantasy team more than Andy Reid. Andy Reid, yeah. I The only thing maybe I would hope for with, with Damian Pierce is Kyle Allen definitely has a lot of... I would say kind of like Tyler Heineke in him in the fact that like, he'll just go out there and fling it all over the place. And if he gets a couple of good balls at their score of points, like maybe they drive down in the red zone and Damian uh, Pierce is able to get, able to get you a couple touchdowns, but this like, isn't I, the I, secondary to YOLO the balls. Hey, and they don't really have the, I don't know that Brandon cooks at this point in his career is really a, a man is a man. Well, <laughs> Yeah. Nico Collins is going to go out there and have that breakout game. I like I like Michigan more. more than you, and I'm still not on that train. No, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I, I, hmm. I still think you've got to start Damian Pierce because he's going yeah. to get the workload. At you least. probably don't have other options. A lot of yeah. people that took Pierce, where you took him in rookie drafts, or where you picked him up because running back has been Bad. tough. Yeah. yeah, wheels up for Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. 
No team gives up more rushing yards than the Texans, and Wilson and Mostert looked great right before the bye. I think they'll look great again, but I also, that doesn't put me off of starting Tua, who is QB7 on the season by points per game, averaging more than 20 a game. They're not not going to throw. I just think they'll be successful in all ways. The Texans haven't had much defense, and we'll just move one game closer to you getting a special back tattoo. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, if you roster both of them, I would start both of them. I, I'm with you on that. I think both are going to have great days this weekend. And I'm taking the Dolphins to easily go by the Texans. Yep, Dennis and I are as well. The three and eight Chicago Bears at the six and four New York Jets. So Justin Fields has come out and talked about he has now it's I believe being talked about now it's just an AC sprain that he and can play partial torn. Oh, is it partial torn too? Okay, so yeah. I, supposedly it's more of a pain injury thing. Mm-hmm. He should be able to play through it. With that being said, how good he's been, do you trust playing him? So let me read exactly. He said he's dealing with an injury to the clavicle joint in his left shoulder. It's uh, basically an AC joint, a partial separation. That sounds horrible. I'm it sounds horrible. Though. It's I, I believe it's to his non-throwing shoulder. Yeah, that is correct. So, I mean, that makes you feel a little bit better. What would be concerning from a fantasy standpoint, um, you know, first of all, he should take care of himself and he should be healthy. The Bears are not really playing for anything. So going out there and destroying Justin Fields on the Sunday after Thanksgiving for sport uh, would not make me too happy. The thing that would be concerning to me is while he's been decent as a passer of late and he's made some bones passing of late, he really makes a lot of his fantasy points uh, with his legs. And how many hits are you going to feel comfortable with him taking out? Granted, he could take a lot of hits behind what's charitably considered an offensive line in Chicago as well. Um, it makes me a little bit nervous. If he plays, I'm still rolling him out there because he's been so good, but the Jets don't play on defense. Yeah. The, the one thing I will say about that jets offense has not been good. Their defense has been, it's why they are six and four. It has not been the offense. Uh, Joe Flacco. I take that back. I mean, Joe Flacco's. If Eberflus was offense. smart, we would be seeing Trevor Simeon much to our dismay. Yeah. I, I, I honestly think if you have somebody else, I'd pivot because I would be worried that all it's going to take is one big hit, or even if it's not even just him running the ball, a sack where he's driven back down into the ground and then he's pulled out because of that. I I personally, as good as he's been, I I would, as as much as I hate to look at my bench and see him with 30 plus points, I personally would feel much better knowing, okay, well, at least I avoided him getting 10 points because, unfortunately, he took a sack, as you just mentioned, behind a very bad offensive line. It's driven in the ground, and then he's pulled out, and here comes Trevor Simeon in, and I literally just sat whomever, and they ended up getting 20-something points. Like, I I just don't know what to do with him. Like, he is their future. I'd be very curious to it's a very hard decision because he has been beyond phenomenal. Like it's, it's very, I, I understand that it's not an easy decision to be like, yeah, like I'm lucky in the league. I have Josh Allen and Justin Fields. Well, that's an easy decision for me. But if you have Josh Allen and I'm sorry, if you have Justin Fields and Kirk cousins, who we just talked about had like a negative five game last week, like would you take the shot on playing Kirk cousins on Thursday night over Justin Fields? Yeah, and so here's a real-life one for me. In one super flex league, my four quarterback options are Marcus Mariota, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones, which means I probably 
you know, my top option would be Mariota and Fields, but on the yeah. off chance that Fields cannot play, if I roll the dice, I literally don't have a second quarterback. So I probably have to play Mac Jones on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I was trying to pull up what the um I was trying to see like how far down you'd be willing to go with um quarterbacks and now I can't think of what the what I was trying to pull up. Yeah, I mean, your Kirk Cousins one is apt too cuz I actually have him as a middle tier QB2 this week just because I'm a little nervous about Kirk in primetime, but if you only have Cousins and Fields you know, for a super flex option, you probably do have to. Yeah, I think in super flex, you have to play. It's unfortunately a week where six quarterbacks are playing on Thursday. So that churns a lot of the field. All right. So I'm just going to go based off like top scores right now. Of course, that's not correct. There we go. Quarterbacks. So we're going to skip down past like if you've got Gino, Kyler. Well, yeah, if you got Gino, Kyler, Marcus Mariota, even I'd feel say Daniel Jones. What about Aaron Rodgers? It's one quarterback. Super flex, you've got to start him. Chances are you don't have a third guy, right? So if it's a single quarterback and you're sitting there and you've got Aaron Rodgers or Justin Fields, who you playing? I mean, if Fields goes, I'm going to roll the dice on Fields because I'm not feeling great about Rodgers against Philadelphia. And Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields? I'd probably still play Fields. Derek Carr, Justin Fields. I'd play Carr. Jacoby Brissett. Well, no. Fields? So, okay, so we're probably in that. because You could get five points from Jacoby Brissett, too. That is true. Even if he plays Now we're in, like, Matt Ryan, Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, Andy Dalton. Ryan I actually might consider because they're – Okay. Because he's been playing better of late. Um, But, Ryan, you could also – you could also wait. I the real problem is if they don't rule fields out. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you want to be safe, would you play any of those guys? Like for me, I think I would cap it at probably Kirk Cousins. I think like it Trevor also Lawrence, depends. I'm not any of those guys. It depends on where you are in your standings because we're at a very crucial point in the fantasy football season. Yeah. So if you're like six and five and pushing for the playoffs, you maybe can't afford to take a chance at quarterback. You might need a stable floor, but if you're eight and two, I'm letting it ride because yeah. fields could give you 25 points. And what if, Matt Ryan ain't giving you 25 points. Probably. What if you're four and seven in the third highest scoring team in the league, but you're in 11th place. What would you do? Does it really even matter? It does. I'm still technically in the playoffs. I'm only two games behind the six seed. I mean, there. That's probably a situation where. No, I'm. I'm like I have Jalen Hurts in there as well. That's who I'm playing. I've been playing Jalen Hurts all season. Uh, I was just wanting to complain. Wonders, and then I slammed my thing, and now my hammer's all messed up. But we'll deal with that later. The. Jet side, speaking of breaking news, we had earlier today, Robert Salah has come out and say that they are not starting Zach Wilson. They are starting Mike White, right? Yeah, Mike White. Mike White. Okay, I want to make sure I got that. I thought it was right there for a second. I want to make sure I got it. They're starting Mike White, who obviously had a couple of really good games last year, not just for fantasy, but for the Jets. Does this do anything for you for the Jets and their offense? It makes me wonder if Joe Flacco, like, kicked Robert Sala in the crotch one time on accident or something, because I don't know how Flacco got passed over. He looked decent when he played for Wilson to start the season. I'm not surprised Wilson got sat down because 
he was pretty universally derided for his response. It's not even so much how he, how they played last week uh, or how he played. It was kind of that. Do nope. you feel responsible? No, not in the slightest. Well, okay. That, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't play, but I was curious as to why they went with white. I, especially they are actually in a playoff race. I know we tend to think about the jets in a whole different way in November, but they are six and four. They are literally in a playoff race. Every game matters, especially winning a game against the three and eight Bears team. Bears don't have the greatest defense. The Jets haven't been able to run the ball. I thought Carter was going to do well once Hall got knocked out. Then they brought in James Robinson. We thought both of them would do well. Neither of them have been playable in the least in the past few weeks. I don't know. Maybe Mike White will get the ball to Elijah Moore. Maybe that's what Elijah Morris are hoping. He's he's uh can't be any worse. What's it? The Undertaker meme kind of coming out of the grave there now that Mike uh Mike White is the quarterback. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And that seems to be all the reports too with Zach Wilson is that it's more of Salah was going to lose the locker room if he kept Zach Wilson in there. It's a nice steep fall for a guy who was getting a lot of praise earlier this year. For should we do opinion, a welfare check on Felix? Nothing. No, because now he's pivoted to, you know, I, I, you know, he was a nobody and I, you know, we're not going to go. There. We're not going to go there. Shout out to Felix who predicted Zach Wilson would go number two overall. He got, he did get that part right. At least I am taking the bears to win this game. I think Justin Fields does enough to get it, to get the game, uh, get the win. I'm going with the jets defense. I think Dennis, uh, that was probably swayed him as well. He went with the jets. The five and six Atlanta Falcons at the six and five Washington Commanders. Are we buying Drake London now with Kyle Pitts out? I mean, Drake London had the quintessential Mike Evans game last week. One reception, two yards, one touchdown, getting you that that sweet seven point two fantasy points on one single touch. I, you know, London has had some good games. He's had some ups and downs. I don't know if having Pitts out will help him or just mean that he's the only one worth covering. Um, it's been kind of fascinating. Cordero Patterson hasn't had much pop since coming back. I know he returned a kick for a touchdown, but offensively hasn't done much. The Falcons are one of the few teams that are playoff relevant where it's hard to feel good about starting anyone, but I do think London probably at least should be in flex territory. Yeah, uh, I agree. They should hopefully force the ball to him a little bit more now with Kyle Pitts being out. On the I don't Washington- know if forcing the ball is what you want to see from Mario. That's probably true. Uh, how do you feel about McLaurin and Samuel and Dotson for the commanders? McLaurin and Samuel have been pretty steady all season, and both of them have seemingly done pretty well with Taylor Heineke in there. Jahan Dotson had a real hot start to the season, but the fact that he caught four touchdowns kind of in the first four weeks covered over the fact he wasn't getting a ton of targets or receptions, and that's really reared itself going down the stretch. I don't think Dotson gets enough volume currently for me to feel comfortable playing him in any way. But Curtis Samuel been involved as a receiver and a runner, and McLaren's still their best receiver. Yeah, I'm definitely still playing McLaurin. I probably am starting Samuel in the flex. I don't really feel great about that. Uh, I'm taking... No, I'm going to take the Falcons. Dennis and I... Dennis and I are on the Washington football team. The three and seven Denver Broncos at the three and seven Carolina Panthers with the release of Melvin Gordon. Are we expecting a big week from Latavius Murray? Let me just say 
Nathaniel Hackett. If you manage, you can't hack it. If you manage to piss away a game to Sam Darnold, he's not coming back. Don't There's get no on way. the plane. There's don't no get way on the plane. Gone. Yeah. Spend some time in Florida. It's, it's a short drive. Um, I do think so. Chase Edmonds, they put on an IR right after they yes. released right. Melvin Gordon. Like, I get being pissed at Melvin Gordon. I, I've never been a huge fan of, but like, tactically, yeah. What do you, what? what oh, no. What is you doing? Cut? Why did he get I, cut? I guess that, well, he had a red zone fumble that essentially cost okay. them the game last week. Um, very like they were going in for a touchdown. He fumbled it. Fortunately, his offensive lineman fell on it, but they had to settle for a field goal, which got blocked. Um, that was like a huge momentum changer, and he got a just a cascade of booze uh, from the crowd. But uh, it's really it's only Murray and Mar- Marlon Mack who haven't seen actually carry the ball for Denver, and right. Divina Zigbo is supposed to get called up off of the practice squad because yes, this is apparently my life in 2022. <laughs> so I think Latavius Murray is in probably for 25 to 30 carries if he can if he can hack it. He well, never mind. We'll, we'll leave the hack <laughs> jokes on. Uh, let's. Um, yeah, I'm with you. He, you've got to start him. You just have to. Den- Denver's still been very good on, with the uh, with running the ball. It's really been Russell Wilson. I mean the de- the offense. I mean they've been kind of mediocre running the ball, but part of that is because everyone gets like twelve carries. So having one yeah. guy might actually clarify things for fantasy. What do we expect from Sam Darnold, who is now also a new quarterback? We are getting this week as he has been announced the starter for the Carolina Panthers. So. My office where I do this is right next to the cat box, and it's fitting that as we get to the Sam Darnold question, my cat just dropped a horrendous deuce. <laughs> um, so as long as I don't pass out, can Sam Darnold do any worse than what we've seen from Baker Mayfield? I mean, we had some hopes that Baker would do some things. He has not looked good. I, it's only fair, I guess, to give Darnold a shot. I don't think any of these quarterbacks is with Carolina next year. You know, they might be in the XFL the way everything's going. Yeah, I'd be very curious if they choose Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or Will Levis. No or if they accidentally win so many games that they can't get. They'll still end up with Will Levis somehow. Uh, I'm taking the Broncos, though, to win the game. Dennis is taking the Panthers, I guess, to hurt me. Um, I'm taking the Broncos also to hurt me. <laughs> He's seven and three Baltimore Ravens at the three and seven Jacksonville Jaguars. Aside from Lamar and Andrews, are there any Ravens players you're willing to start? No, because you can't trust the consistent volume from either Drake or Gus Edwards, who's supposed to be back playing in the backfield and their receiving game has been a hot mess. The only other person I would possibly consider in desperation is Demarcus Robinson as a flex play. Cause he seems to be more consistent as a receiver than Devin Duvernay at this point. How crazy is that that Demarcus Robinson is is a fantasy option? That that just tells you how great the 2022 season has been. What do we feel about Trevor Lawrence this week? Man, this seems like a get-right game with how bad the Baltimore secondary has been. Do you trust him in any of these options this week? I don't know. Baltimore's pass defense has been a little bit better this year, and they, you know, they smothered Carolina last week. And I know you, we would just wow. make fun of Carolina, Carolina. but Carolina. I don't think Jacksonville is that much of a step over Carolina. Trevor Lawrence has been better this year, but he has not been 
fantastic. I mean, you'd say maybe third or fourth quarterback in his class coming out. You know, I still, yeah. Justin Fields obviously has vaulted himself. I would still say Mac Jones has been more consistent than, oh, yeah, he has than Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, and this feels like the kind of game that would be a potential uh, to have a turnover or two that would really make a difference. Um, so he's he's a mid-tier QB too for me. Yeah, I am with you on there. I should think he's more toward the bottom tier of the QB2s. I'm taking the Ravens to win the game. Dennis is all in on Lawrence. He took the Jags, but I am also taking the Ravens. The 5-5 five and five Los Angeles Chargers at the 4-7 and seven Arizona Cardinals. How do we feel about Keenan Allen and Mike Williams? I saw Mike Williams is already questionable again. Yeah, and they said he suffered a little bit of regression on his injury. Keenan Allen missed almost in, more than half a season with a high ankle sprain. They held Mike Williams out two weeks, and they're like, oh, no, you're good. Throw him out there. One for 15 last week told me he's not ready to go. I'm not trusting him in any way, shape, or form this week, especially with the way Josh Palmer has sort of stepped up and played better. I think Keenan Allen had a decent game last week. I think he'll continue to get stronger. He's more probably having to play himself into game shape because he played the first half of week one and then came back last week in week 11. That's a long stretch to be laid off. The great thing is you get the poor Arizona Cardinals defense, so that should be a good game, hopefully, for Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert, who's also kind of been struggling this season. It's because he has no receivers. Yeah, well, that is true. Well, I think the rib issue is is bothering him a little bit, too, because he's not going deep either, and I think a lot of that is just to hit. I think his ribs are a lot more banged up than, than we probably know or think. Aside from DeAndre Hopkins, are you playing any Arizona Cardinals? Maybe Connor. Um, you know, Connor's probably in range for me because he's back to being that kind of, he's not going to get you a ton of yards, but he's going to get you a touchdown. Kyler Murray, if he plays, I actually like him as a high end QB too. Um, just cause I think he gives you more upside, but receivers, it's been a complete crapshoot. I'm not taking a chance on any of them. Yeah, I mean, look, the new Call of Duty's been out for three weeks now, Kyler. Doesn't take that long to beat the game. You should be good. Like, come back. Let's see what happens. I think regardless if he's there, Colts there, as you said, Hopkins, dude's been phenomenal. I tried to trade for him today, right before our deadline. It did not go through. I'm a little upset about that. I'm taking the Chargers, though, to win the game. Dennis and I are also taking the Chargers. The three and seven Las Vegas Raiders at the six and four Seattle Seahawks. Aside from Jacobs, Carr, and Adams, is there a Raider that catches your interest? I had some hopes that maybe we get some decent tight end play from Foster Moreau because he's filled in well for Waller before, but it's been too inconsistent. Same thing with Mac Hollins. So I'm really staying away from any other options, especially in a week where you have all 16 teams playing. Yep, I agree with you there. Are we expecting a bounce-back game from Kenneth Walker the third? You know, I think he will run better. The Raiders have an okay defense, but not an exceptional defense. We've had a couple of eh games in a row. I think after a bye week, I'm expecting Walker to go back and look something like the guy that was putting up 100 yards a game when he first took over. Let's hope so, because I need you, buddy. I'm taking the Seahawks. Dennis and I are also taking the Seahawks. The 3-7 and seven Los Angeles Rams at the 8-2 and two Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, what this game looked like at the beginning of the year. Do we believe in Cam Akers this week after Darrell Henderson was released? I do indeed. I, you know, I think Akers may get 20-plus carries, especially if Stafford can't play and we get Bryce Perkins at quarterback. 
Yeah, the Stafford thing will be big. I'm still hesitant to play Acres. I, I just I don't trust this Rams offense at all. But I, I know running backs bad. I just, Who else I, is there? I think I mean, I'd rather just take Kyron Williams. I actually think he might have a better day than than Acres. We'll see. I just it, it's hard for me to trust Acres after what we've seen from him so far this year. Or what McVay seemingly said about him five weeks ago. But yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe it's a little too close to the heart. I don't know. I'm 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 I'm, I'd I'd start Kyron. Which Chiefs receiver do you trust the most? If Juju clears concussion protocol, he's probably still the one I'm going with. I don't know that I'll ever feel great about trusting either MBS or Kadarius Tony. Yeah, I'm with you. If Juju's not cleared, it's Travis Kelsey and nobody. I would say start Isaiah Pacheco, Pacheco, but with the with the rumors that Ronald Jones might be getting the start, I don't even know what to do with Pacheco. I thought he. How does Ronald that. Jones go from a healthy scratch the entire season to the guy that's going to dominate the workload? I mean, I. It's I don't, Reed, man. He's just he's special. I'm taking the Chiefs to win. Yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs, and I don't think this game is going to be very fun to watch. No, neither do I. The four and seven New Orleans Saints at the six and four San Francisco 49ers. How do you feel about Alvin Kamara in this matchup? It's been a little tough sledding for Kamara. Their offensive lines have been a little beat up. He's not getting great yardage on the ground despite getting touches, and he's getting receptions, but he hasn't had any explosive plays. San Francisco has a very good defense. I think that makes it even tougher. He's probably more of an RB2. So you're saying I shouldn't have traded for him this week because I did. Well, I mean, I still, you know, I love Kamara. It's just the matchup isn't great. And there's, you know, he's getting a ton of volume, which is great. He's just not getting the touchdowns. Now I'm starting to regret the trade that I made. I I, I think it'll be fine. I mean, I'm still playing him, but maybe I'm wrong. Thoughts on Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo are all three of them easy starts for you this week. I mean, all three of them got into the act last week. What's been, I still stand by, you have those three and you have McCaffrey. And now for some reason they've thrown Elijah Mitchell in there. I only think three can have really good fantasy days in any given yeah, week. Yeah, I- and that's, that's my hesitation. So Debo, a lot of what made him the elite option of the three was that he was getting all this rushing work. Well, now you have two running backs that you're trying to work in there. Granted, he did get a rushing touchdown last week, but that's, he's the one whose value I think has come back to the pack. I think yeah. he and Ayuk are almost toss ups for me. Kittle, given the state of the tight end position, you've got to be rolling him out. Yeah, uh, I I think you have to start all three because there's that boom ability with all three of them. And I, I feel like they have fairly safe floors. Like I could see all of them getting you, or even if we just stick with Debo and IU because seven points at a tight end position is great, actually. Uh, with those two, like I think even if you can get seven or eight points, you don't feel horrible about that, and they have that chance to have really good weeks. I am taking the 49ers. Dennis and I are also on the 49ers. The Sunday night football game, the four and seven Green Bay Packers at the nine and one Philadelphia Eagles. What can the Packers do to get a win? You know, the Packers have played their best this season when they've really leaned into the power running game. And I, I just still don't understand why consistently we don't see them seem to land into that. Dylan and Aaron Jones are still probably their most consistent weapons. It's not going to be easy to run against Philadelphia, but they're going to have to try. Romeo Dubs is questionable. 
I don't know what to make of Christian Watson, Randall Cobb on a game-to-game basis or Robert Tunyon. Yeah, I mean, Watson, if he does it again, I think he's got to start being in your lineups if you're not already starting him two weeks in a row. If he makes a three against a good Philadelphia defense, and I would well, he didn't, be willing to throw He didn't in. do a lot last week. He didn't? I thought he had a good game last week. Oh, wait, they play the Thursday night, right? He got yeah, yeah, he, was say, he had two, like, two multi-touchdowns. Or I don't yeah. know if it was multi-touchdown last week, but he had a good game. Yeah. If, you yeah. make, if he can make a three against Philadelphia, I think that he's got to be at least consideration to go into your lineup. I think this is actually going to be a much better game than people are giving it credit for. What do you expect, though, from Miles Sanders against this Green Bay defense? If they give him a decent workload, I think he can have a decent day. Green Bay's defense has not always held up well against the rush. Um, you know, and he's really the guy with with Dallas Goddard out. They still have two strong receivers, but they could use that boost from getting more out of the running game. So hopefully they'll give him some consistent touches and maybe some receptions. Yeah, I wouldn't hold my breath on the receptions part, but I do think that he will get some more work there. I'm going to take Green Bay with the upset here. I, I actually think Aaron Rodgers is going to pull some magic out here Sunday night. I think unlike the Vikings, the Eagles are actually going to come out after a weak sister game last week and and roll somebody. And Dennis took the Eagles too, but I think the Eagles might win by double digits. The Monday night football game, I'll be watching something else. The three and seven. Did us no favors. At the four or five and one Indianapolis Colts. Can Najee have another good game? Yeah, he looked better last week and got into the end zone a couple of times. Maybe they're finding a little bit of rhythm coming out of the bye week. He might also be a little healthier now because he was dinged up coming into the beginning of the season. The Colts defense has been okay, but it hasn't been incredible. So I would like to see Harris get involved. I'd like to see him actually get some passes. Yeah. Uh, too would be nice. That would be amazing because he was fantastic at that last year, and they have just kind of seemed not to do that. How are we feeling about Michael Pittman Jr. going against the Pittsburgh Steelers secondary? I still like the talent. The secondary matchup isn't incredibly great. And also, the last few weeks, we haven't seen a lot of big games for Pittman. Um, You know, we saw a lot of consistent volume in some big games at the beginning of the season. They've spread it around more, getting Paris Campbell, Alec Pierce, and sometimes other people involved. Jeff Saturday has finally become a coach for the Colts that realizes Jonathan Taylor is a good running back and should get carries, and that um, does my heart a world of good. I I would like you're still starting Michael Pittman, but earlier, you know, in the offseason and the first part of the season, I was bullish he could finish top 12. I'm less bullish on that now yeah i think this is just a a he looked primed at the beginning of this year to kind of be that blow up guy like fringy wide receiver one high end wide receiver two we all hoped he was going to be and i don't know how much of that was just frank reich doing whatever the hell he was doing and the benching of matt ryan now he's come back it's been a whole thing you have to start him more than likely, but I don't know necessarily that he's going to have a massive game. I think you're hoping for a touchdown to kind of at least make sure you have a decent day here against the Steelers. I am taking the Colts and hopefully a massive game from one Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, Dennis and I are also uh, taking the Colts. I'm I'm with you, though. This may not be uh, the great tonic to – to uh, help you feel better about having to return to work after a holiday. Yeah, it's just making you more miserable knowing that the four-day weekend is over and then you have to watch that crap on Monday night. 
All right, so that will do it for us. Matt and Dennis, I believe, will be back on Monday to recap everything on or from week 12. Everybody, enjoy your Thanksgiving time with your families. Um, you know, it's a amazing time of year, but I'm sure a lot of people are through just through, it is almost the end of you're beaten down a little bit. You're ready for a break. Take this time, enjoy the time with your family and loved ones. We hope everybody is safe and has a great Thanksgiving. And we will talk to you guys again next Monday. And when you need a break, just go on and rate and review. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the room wide ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only tackle the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can.